0: Athletic Hojos, it's time to dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways and blow into your game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford. I'm Sean Kelly. And I'm Simon Blanford. And we wish it was the 90s. Well, listeners, we are back, Uh, fittingly starting off today with another cloud flashback um, last time I believe we left off uh, Cloud was in a poor state in Medeal with Tifa looking after him uh, and the ultimate weapon was flying over Medil. and I believe you, I don't actually know whether you, do you f- you fight do it you, do you fight it at that point it's the, yep, first, time. With the a, first time you fight it
1: with a Cloud and tifa party
0: and you fall into the life stream, basically, Tifa and cloud end up falling into the live stream. Mm. Um, Everyone else gets away on the high wind. That's right. What is the live stream?
1: That's the planet's juice, baby. <laughs> that's well, that is right. That's like that's what Shinra mines for energy, and um it's it's like the planet's blood almost, right? That's the idea. It's mm. a metaphor for all the precious uh, minerals and things that we as humans pillage to make our cars move. And
2: I like it. That's, yeah. that's the heavy-handed
1: metaphor of this game, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. I agree. I couldn't have put it um, as articulately as that, but I completely agree with you, Sean.
1: Mm. It actually struck a chord with me this week when I was um, – Scavenging for uh, media for our social media platforms, and did a thirty-minute deep dive on Captain Planet.
0: <laughs> hey, we'll cr- we'll cover Captain Planet at some point, I'm sure.
1: We'll at least sing that song.
0: <laughs> uh, there's some weird scenes, uh, as like Tifa is like on a black background, you're like spiralling down into somewhere, which uh, turns out it is cloud subconscious actually simon you did message me before you've got extensive notes on this but i know that you love uh flashbacks so would you like to lead us through clouds therapy session
2: uh not particularly (laughs) um i feel like a bit of a fraud actually in the sense that i've always loved this game and i was just looking online to find out stuff about it and what people thought about it and um uh, you know, people in the know say this is what sets this game apart from every other every other game. This is what, <laughs> what <makes> it. <laughs> um, you Sworn know, it was but, the vastness. The, yeah, the deep dive into character. Well, I think it's the vastness, obviously, but um, everybody else thinks it's this deep uh dive into you know you know psychoanalytics of character almost, and I just uh, couldn't get into it at all as 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 per usual. I've just got a question mm. before we spend the
1: next two hours talking about this flashback.
2: God, I hope not.
1: Did you guys – so they, they escape on the Highwind and Sid is the default leader um, because every other person on the team has proven they're a bad leader um, at some as stage.
2: Opposed, as, as opposed to Sid, who's been a wonderful leader at his time. In, uh,
1: <laughs> well, he's the captain of the Highwind, so there's, there's a default. There is a um, default there, yes. I think I did stuff with the crew before um, Cloud's mind trip. What? Maybe not. Like North Coral, the Fort Condor mission.
0: Yeah, we did, did you guys that, do last, that. We did that last podcast.
1: The Phoenix one.
0: Yeah, we did. We talked oh, about. Oh, that sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, podcasting. <laughs> we are in the middle of we're still in the middle of the huge materia hunt
1: oh I th- that makes sense because i listened to the first 40 minutes of the last episode
0: mm, yeah <laughs> much like our listeners
1: hey and then listeners you'll be very glad to know that got my code of compliance me and my wife are moving into our new house as we speak a few internet issues you know gotta get see so, you know there's, there's teething problems but <laughs> that's exciting um, sorry, sorry. I, I derailed it. Simon, as you were about to go uh, in depth on your favourite moment in the game?
2: No, no, I wasn't actually. I was, looking, uh, I was hoping Sam and you could sort of. Uh, All right.
1: Why don't you go make a cup of tea then, Simon?
2: Carry us while I just drink this beer. So,
0: I'm pretty much, we're not going to spend too much time on this. But what I gather from this
1: is it. It's my favourite part. I know Simon hates it, but I don't care. I'd love to hear what you think about it.
0: Yeah, so there's four basic uh, scenes or flashbacks that you can kind of go into. It's real weird, you're in like a a space and there's like a a see-through large cloud who's like bobbing his head, like shaking his head with his hands over his ears, um, completely lo- losing his shit. And I think it, there's an order to it. So you there's two Nibelheim flashbacks um, yep. and then there's two uh like childhood flashbacks so the first one you go to is where tifa basically finally tells cloud that he wasn't the soldier member that came with Sephiroth and it was it was Zach fair and um, you see Zach fair arrive in at the the, the 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 foot of the town um not sure whether cloud was there at that point or was he one of those just grunts We find out soon that he's a grunt, obviously, but we don't know whether he was actually there. No. And that's that's quite a short one. And then the next one's quite short as well. It goes to the well, which we saw a long, long time ago, I believe when they're in Midgar. Um, And I've just got, did this actually happen? I don't actually know whether that happened or not.
1: I believe that happened. I believe everything you go to here happened. Because this is, you know, his, the depths of his memory.
0: Yeah. And basically Tifa says something around like, yeah, we need to actually, you need to give me a memory or, or something like that. And so Cloud um, says, Tifa, do you know where this window goes? And there's a little window there. Um, little did he you know, it goes into her undie drawer. <laughs> but you go into her room. And this is, uh, I think the purpose of this one is to kind of let the audience know that Tifa and Cloud weren't very close. Is that right?
1: And yeah, I think it's that, but also that he's not a five-year-old clone, that those yep. memory he's had, memories he has of his childhood are in fact real. Because last time we left off, Sephiroth had convinced him that he was a clone of Sephiroth, made in a lab, Five years prior to the story starting or whatever
0: Yeah Yep, good Um And they, at, at the end of that flashback Tifa And her friends and Cloud or well, Cloud's following them Go into Mount Nebel and Tifa f- Falls from the Steepest rope bridge in the world Um And Cloud gets blamed for it basically Why did you bring her here Um mm. And I think that's where you find out like that that's why that Cloud joined Soldier because he wanted to impress Tifa. Yeah, it's this
1: I think later he almost gives a speech to the whole crew about how he was shy and um, you know, scared or whatever and, and didn't really know how to how to prove himself. So he thought, Well, everyone loves a soldier. I guess you know, like those World War One propaganda posters, you know, you won't have a girl on your arm if you don't go and fight the
0: good fight <laughs> um, and that's kind of the end of that flashback. Good <laughs> No, not the whole flashback, just that one uh, a sub flashback within the larger flashback or the ah, hell all
2: right, keep going then. So then, back the... on to
0: mute for you, sir. Consider it done. <laughs> then there's the final Nibelheim, and this is where they go into the reactor, um, and Cloud finally remembers that he was there, that so he witnessed Zack getting left by Sephiroth. Oh, this is good stuff. Surely you like this, Simon. Yeah, that. I, I, so watching it again, I was absolutely reveling in the bit where where Cloud, or you, you see like a shadow with a Buster Sword going up the steps, oh. and then you still don't know anything. Like you, obviously inferring that it is him. It's a it's grunt, just, right? Though it's, he's it's just a show? grunt, and yeah. then like the grunt just like turns to the camera and in extremely poor graphics, just that like the helmet just pops off his head, and you mm. can and it's uh, Cloud's blonde hair. We just
1: so because. I just want to step back a second. So Sephiroth like hits Tifa or whatever, and then Zack goes after him and Zack disappears into the Jenova room and Zack just comes flying out of it. All right. And then Cloud picks up the Buster, well, the Shinra grunt picks up the Buster sword and then goes running in. And that's, that's awesome.
2: Mm, that is awesome it is a great bit I'll give you that
1: and he charges in and Sephiroth is oodling (laughs) Jenova yeah Um, I think you do a deep dive on that and stabs him from behind right
0: no so I think does Sephiroth or does he stab him but Sephiroth ends up going back down the stairs
1: yeah he stabs him and then Cloud
0: leaves and and goes to Tifa
1: yeah, and but the job's not done, obviously, because Setheroth is really strong. And then they have that altercation
0: on the bridge, which is also phenomenal. Phenomenal, but also, how did Cloud do it? Was it because he was wounded? I think this is supposed
1: to, this implies the inner strength within Cloud. And his motivation is, you know, because he's going, you know, my friends, my family, my town, how could you do this? And Sithroff's like, shut up, mate. You got lucky once, and stabs him with that incredibly long sword. Surely there's a and name then, for that sword. Do you know the name for that sword?
0: No, I don't, but I'm sure there there's, is
1: a name. <laughs> there's definitely a name for that. It's a real long, skinny sword, that's definitely out there. And <laughs> Cloud pulls himself down the sword so he can get his feet on the ground and then just sort of hoist sephiroth into the live stream
0: and so when he he so he ends up in the live stream so we've been referring to it in other podcasts where it's not when we're seeing sephiroth throughout the um the game it's Mm. not actually him right so the Mm. uh, the sephiroth that falls into that the live stream is he the one that goes to the northern crater so, up.
1: yeah, I'm assuming the light stream almost takes him there.
0: Okay. Mm.
1: And then Genova is manipulating or controlling these apparitions of him or it's him and them together or unclear. But obviously mm. we don't see the real him again until last episode when we covered it and I won't recover it like I tried to recover other things.
0: And that's basically the end of the flashbacks or am I missing something, Sean? That's the end of like that therapy session.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's where my notes stopped. Um,
0: um, And yeah, he goes, yeah, that's... If there's more... He's put together the pieces of his shattered personality um, and then he comes, him and Tifa wash up outside of the live stream... Where somehow the group is waiting for them. Um, and Cloud admits his, that he's never in Soldier, um, that, that he was ashamed of himself, that he was, and like he's managed to convince himself that he lived in Zack Fear's place, I guess. Yeah.
1: I think it's, what's interesting is that I think the surface level idea is that he convinced himself of that, but my sort of reading of it was like, well, maybe this stuff we find out later I, or it was before I can't remember, or it's in a different game, but it sort of suggested that he also, uh, he gets a lot of Marco poisoning after his altercation with Sephiroth. Maybe this is fleshed out in crisis core or whatever. And he's like, We do see it in the flashbacks earlier, right? He's on the back of the truck. Zach's talking to him heaps, and he's just head-bobbing as he does, you know? Crook as hell. And my sort of understanding is it was this time he spent with Zach, Zach telling him his story, you know, basically taking Cloud to Midgar to hopefully get him some some healing, and and then, you know, we're going to be mercenaries or whatever. And so that's why it gets embedded in him because the time that he hears all of Zach's story is, yeah. that, is while he's in that sort of vegetative state. I hadn't thought about
0: it that much, to be honest, but I, uh, I like the theory. All I think about is the flashbacks. <laughs> You're a cloud guy. Yeah, while well, I'm grinding. <laughs> <laughs> so Kate Sith has taken Kate over. She, even. Sorry. <laughs> Kate, she. <laughs> Uh Kate she has taken over the Turks. He really,
2: does he really deserve being called the correct name? I'm not sure it, anyway, but that's fine. Call him Reeve. <laughs> Reeve basically uh,
0: has taken over the Turks and in terms of leading the story and says basically go to the underwater reactor at Junon or Junon. That's where uh, the uh, huge materia is or the last mate- huge materia is that you need to get. Um, And now clouds. Question for you guys:
2: Yeah, Mm. did you do the ancient forest mini game? I went to it and then I start. Is that the one with the bugs and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, it's awful. Started it and then after about ten minutes of battling, I thought, no, I'm not going to do this. So I moved merrily on my way. It's so hard. You can't do it with a walkthrough <laughs> reading. You
1: have to do it by watching someone else do it.
0: Yeah. I had to watch a YouTube walkthrough yeah. instead of following my normal walkthrough. And I, when
2: I looked at the possible prize or reward. I, I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember thinking that's not worth the effort um, and going through with this. So I just didn't do it. He's not a true grinder.
1: I've done a few mini games. I've got to the point where I've done a few of these moments and I've got the reward and gone. Why did I do this? <laughs> the the championship belt in the battle arena. That's a that's a piece of equipment I'll never equip.
0: The I think I got the the summon and then there was one more thing to go, one more like screen to do. I just like I couldn't follow it. I was like, I oh, know, I'm leaving. I've I'm done. I'm i finished putting these flies into these flowers and frogs and didn't like it very
2: much. Did that yeah. the ancient forest, just for the folks at home, that's um what you access after you dest- so I the way I could access it, I think I destroyed ultimate weapon in a certain place which allowed me to create a hole or a lump or something i could walk over that to the ancient forest is that how you guys got there as well or you can also get there by chocobo slash chocobo right yeah so
0: after you so after you've taken a certain amount of hp away from the ultimate weapon i believe he just comes to rest over cosmo canyon and that's when you can destroy
2: him and he leaves a massive crater there Okay, so you can get there also, though, right? If you haven't destroyed alternate weapon, if you have a gold, gold chocobo slash chocobo.
1: Yeah. I wonder if that's why I've done it now. Because I'm pretty sure as soon as I got Cloud back, I got into some breeding. Mm. Yeah. When are we going to talk about that? And then you got a gold chocobo.
0: <laughs> when are we going to
1: run through breeding?
0: Uh, I don't really want to talk about the uh, all the different greens and that stupid chocobo mage in the yep. mountains.
1: Oh God! Um, and just the amount of resets uh, when you need a female green and you keep getting a female blue or a male green. And but it goes <laughs> like two yellows and then a yellow and a blue and then a blue and a green and then you get a end black. The
2: black.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And then you get a black and a yellow, which you've got to
0: gold. catch up in the mountains or something. See, I'm
2: really gutted I didn't do all these side missions by the sounds of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've only done Chocobo uh, breeding in one playthrough, and I got to the end of it. I got all the things that I'd like, I got the gold, gold, the thing, like Knights of the Round. And I just was a bit disappointed.
1: So, because most most of the other things you can get other ways, right? Like some of them, you you, you only need a gold for nights of the round, maybe. I think yeah, so.
0: But black you can get and this like cave that you can go to to get the to to get. not remember.
1: Yeah, and underwater. <laughs> I think W Summon's in the battle arena, but yeah, yeah, w, yeah maybe W. Yeah. I, anyway, there's like. I had, that. I had
2: that and I didn't do any chocoboing, so I think you're right. Yeah. Chocoboing. Um, but like,
1: <laughs> um, like <laughs> it's real hard to get to Lucretia's waterfall, but you can do it with the submarine. Yep. And like, there's a few caves you can't get to unless you've got like, a, maybe a, a green or a blue. Because so, one of them runs on light water and the other one runs over mountains, right? So it's all like yes. that. Um, you can't land the high wind there, but if you've got the gold, you just do all of it, and it doesn't. It's just. But I mean, there's a few things. I think you get either Vincent's ultimate limit break or ultimate weapon, one of the two. Um, certainly, the limit breaks of no use because why would you use his limit break? But why oh, would you? Uh, But ultimate weapon's alright But then Because I might This is pretty Not far off where I'm up So I don't use anyone's Ultimate weapon Because They give no um, AP to your Yeah Why use it Mm, Literally only need it For the end of the
0: game Yeah Alright we'll get back To the huge Materia hunt uh, Where you head to Junin And um, You have to go up The elevator And there's like grunts, some horrific grunts in there. Uh, And you have to, they say, let's battle uh, to see who gets to take the poor girl out.
2: I think I've got Yuffie at that point, maybe. Uh, Can you just uh, tell the folks folks at home what you mean by grunt?
0: (laughs) One of those battler Shinra guards.
2: Mm-hmm. The battling, maybe you've got Priscilla. and Priscilla lets you in. Oh, I can't remember. There's a girl. Battling, with that, that the boy. battling of the battlers was really painful at this point. Either. it was just, just there are just so many of them, and it's just mm. like, it's actually quite boring, you know, because it's just the same battle over and over again with them just shooting you and taking about fifteen damage off you. It's it's, uh, it's the it's only not, good thing is you can just slice
1: them all right. You don't have to worry about. Using any of your enemy skills or any material, you just oh, that's slice right. your way through.
0: It's quick. So you fight Reno. Well, no, you don't fight Reno. You see Reno, and he leaves you with some big spider. Um, and you see that the huge material is being loaded into the submarine. Mm. Uh, and you, I think you jump. You jump in the submarine.
2: Yeah, you've got and- to try to uh, get past about. Six uh, shin grunts who are all just running on a uh, treadmill or towards a submarine, but not actually moving, um, which was quite funny. Um, oh, cold. Um, and what kind of podcast we... hosts, What kind of podcast host just eats ice? <laughs> Complains about it.
0: Oh, my tooth just is real cold there. Eh?
2: Was <laughs> you chewing ice? Well,
0: there's just one little bit of ice left in my drink.
2: Well, could, Couldn't you just left it to melt?
0: I just went down my mouth when I was drinking. I didn't try to. Unbelievable. He's focused on the uh,
1: submarine mini game, which <laughs> yeah. is one of the worst.
0: Fuck, that was so easy. The thing is, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't initially, and then I was just like, I saw it locked on. And just shot about 20 missiles and it was gone sunk
1: i'd lost it for ages and i was panicking and i was having childhood trauma and then i just yeah bombarded it when i saw it but i still don't realize i was just pressing buttons god i was
2: all over the place i I liked the mini game because i felt like it sort of took me back to some (laughs) amiga game that i can't really remember the name of and may have not even played but um yeah, it was a, a sort of very late 80s, early 90s Amiga-type vibe. Um, so I, I don't like the game really on its merits, but just sort of nostalgia within nostalgia, really, uh, I, I quite enjoyed the uh, submarine minigame. You know, the grids, those sort of things, reminded me of like a, you know, the old putt and greens on the old golf games. Um, I think you'll find that game was called Flight Simulator. Flight simulator, yeah, it was. Um, I, no, I like enjoyed that. it, but I, I, am not going to stick up for it though. If people bag it, you know, I understand why. <laughs>
1: did,
2: did you thing. also just reference MS DOS's 3D golf in space? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, or Microsoft Golf. Um, you're dancing. Uh, one, one of those ones that, they were. Um,
1: there's, great. There's, is that, there was that one on the MS DOS that like the arrow would point where it would go. You just had to get your ge-
2: geometry sorted. Yep. Yep. No. No. I'm, uh, I was. I'm talking about Microsoft Golf on the old Windows 95. Oh, right. Also- I used to.
1: Ha- I used to hammer the 3D
2: golf uh,
1: when I needed a little break from SimCity 2000.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. No. Good. Good break. Addictive game. that. Hmm.
0: A cloud had like it has like a real weird claustrophobic moment in the submarine. I remember. It snaps out of it quickly. Um, And you have a rush to the airport at Junon, but the plane gets away. Um, I have, obviously, Yuffie and Sid in my party, and they had rightfully no idea where it's going. But Cloud, who's been in pretty much a coma for the last however long, he knows. He says, it's going to Rocket Town, of course.
2: How does he know that? He works in mysterious ways. What can I tell you? (laughs) He's got a direct
0: line to Palmer, who loves the flight to, what would you call it, the, the space program? He loves the space program, almost as much as Sid. So you go to Rocket Town, and that ball git is still standing in the same spot looking <laughs> up at the rocket? You've got to leave him alone. <laughs> he gives you something, apparently. Yeah, he gives you Sid's final
2: weapon. Yeah. Ultimate weapon. Don't leave, him alone. Don't leave him alone then talk to him by all means. You need to bug him to get it too. Yeah, you can't just talk to him once, eh? Um, <clears> you,
0: you head to the rocket, you fight various grunts on the way up, um, and Sid at this point, he just comes out and says he's ready to kick some Shinra, Strix, at sign, question mark, exclamation mark. <laughs> uh, and I, you run into Rude who I think you finally, if you seem to vanquish him. Like, every time you fight a Turk, they run away at the end, but this time he gets the, I think he gets the red uh, boss, killed the boss uh, moment. I could be wrong. Right, he's
2: dead, is he?
0: Is he? No. No Turks die. All right, maybe he just runs away and I missed that part. There's no Palmer pulling a moon, though, at this point. Couldn't no. <laughs> live up to that previous battle,
1: did it? When does Sid start rolling out all his amazing quotes in these, these parts? Because I don't write many quotes down while I'm playing this game, but I've written down. Um, Sid's flip-flopping about the space mission. You're stupid. You're
0: really fucking stupid. <laughs> How do you know what, what the swear word is?
1: I read between the lines. Yeah.
0: He, I don't know, at some point he, he like just takes over the launching of the rocket after you've beaten all the grunts. And he, I, I think Sid doesn't want to get the materia or like he's happy not to, like and Cloud convinces him that they need to get it. It's in like a thing that needs a passcode. Yeah. And I. my question to you guys is, Is there any, like, I know in the Shinra mansion, there's a way of finding out the code to get into the safe. Is there a way of finding this passcode out unless you have a walkthrough?
2: Yeah, I definitely don't remember this at all. (laughs) (laughs) You've been great this podcast. Oh, That's my um, my contribution. It's
1: sitting in the middle of a big round room that's um, reminiscent of the Death Star in parts. I don't remember if there are any clues or not. I think
0: <clears throat> I think I just walked through it. So we're not actually at the impassioned speech yet, I don't think.
1: Well, he gives an impassioned speech afterwards about how he didn't really care about the materia or Shinra or anything. He just really wanted to go to space. I quite like that confession.
0: Yeah, that was good. He, Shinra's uh, sorry, Shinra, Shira, our old mate. She's still in Rocket Town. She never got out. Um, she's fixing part never of never do. Rocket.
2: I never do those poor women.
0: She's still Quit fixing town. part of the rocket.
1: <laughs> it's the lower hut of this world. <laughs>
0: You'll never get out. And Sid says, Oh great! What a bunch of wizards you guys are." She's going to take a hundred years. <laughs> um. Yeah, so his impassioned speech is interrupted by Palmer. Not sure why Palmer is there, apart from the fact that he loves the space programme.
2: It's amazing he survived that knock from the truck, really. Yeah, I assumed he was dead. Yeah, I definitely assumed he was dead.
0: Um, this, the, uh, there's another goddamn sharer in there. <laughs> um, I think we find out now that it's headed for a collision with Meteor. And that's, mm. why, that's why it's on there.
1: Yeah. And yep. this is where Michael Bay got the idea for Armageddon. I was
0: going <laughs> to say, this is where the Simpsons got their, uh, their Professor Frank rocket at the Meteor
2: episode. Mm. Well, well there, yeah, there's, there's a few little, uh, few little references you could talk about there. Um, but Armageddon, it'd be interesting to see if that came out before... Final Fantasy Seven. That's right in that era. That's that ninety-seven. Yeah, era. that is right
1: there. eh? because because what well, this is
2: ninety-seven. Is that right? Yeah. Final Fantasy Seven. I think Armageddon's bang on ninety-seven. If I had to guess, Bob. I see your phones out. You can do the uh, checking on that one. For us, ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. Haldacious. Well, there you go. Mate. Bay was playing Final Fantasy Seven religiously. So that's... much like J.K. Rowling. Well, you know, pop culture owes a lot to Final Fantasy VII as we're discovering. Look, I know people don't like Michael Bay,
1: but I think his 90s films are actually quite good.
0: Can you please list some for me?
1: The Rock. Armageddon. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs>
2: some heavy ghosts of uh, Nick Cage and Bruce Willis in those two films so I'm not saying it's a bad
1: if, if you can if you can watch The Rock and not enjoy every single line of that movie you're mad there's that part where Sean Connery's lecturing Nick Cage you're bashed <laughs> losers always whine about their best. winners go home and fuck the prom queen
0: <laughs> I've not seen The Rock
2: Oh no, I'll put that. That'll come it's, out it's, an Alcatraz, it's an Alcatraz movie, isn't it? Yep. There
0: you go. Um, so I think you're trying I'm to sorry. get to, sorry, you're trying to get to the escape pod. Um, and Sid gets stuck under a blasted piece of metal. Um, and basically he just, just tells him to leave him there. Um, I think this is where Sid has the come to Jesus moment. Um, that Shearer was right about tank number eight. Oh, yeah, can see it in the pod, eh? And he's suddenly concerned that he's been overreacting uh, a bit for the last 10 years. Um, and Shearer comes to help. You stupid asterisk! Question mark! Exclamation mark! At sign. And then he
2: apologizes because she's helping him. And he was wrong all this time. He was. He really was. She's been vindicated. Not that it would actually matter, really, but she had absolutely been vindicated. And um, we, yeah. I think, all the all the players kind of felt that all along. Right? There was kind of a sneaking suspicion that Shearer was uh, doing a great job the whole time. Saved his life. That's right. Saved so his life.
0: Um, the skate pod gets out. Uh, the rocket crashes into meteor and. To get a glimpse of our next step in the story. Fucking boogie. Boogie.
2: <laughs> boogie, boogie, boogie. That noise was me slamming my laptop with excitement.
0: <laughs> uh, let it be known, I've received a number of comments. Uh, At after the release of the third uh, podcast, where we talk about Boogie and I slam him for the first time, oh uh, backing me up. So fuck you guys and fuck Boogie. Can we There's get an IP? By any chance,
2: a, can we get an IP address for those uh, people's uh, backing? <laughs> yeah, up wouldn't by any a, chance uh, be
0: your friends, would they? Or just be <laughs> on your
2: Wi-Fi account, and they're actually you with ghost accounts?
0: Well, that's where we're getting all our downloads from. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Boogie seemingly hasn't moved from where you last left him in the telescope tower. Um, Clouds gets the crew in for a weird moment, Uh, and then you get to leave the huge materia with him. A guy that lied to his grandson about his uh, heroic father all of a sudden, real keen for some travel. <laughs> he is keen.
1: Keen to get out and see the place. Um, and, I mean, is there much to be said for what happens here? They just decide that they're, what, off to the forgotten city to kill Sephiroth?
2: Yeah, I mean... Um... That boogie and the huge materia uh, moment, Sean was talking about the heavy-handed metaphor uh, earlier in the episode with the earth and the raping of the uh, resources that we've all uh, been complicit in. And there's a shot of the planets, I think, in that part. Um, oh, Yeah. And it looks uh, remarkably similar to our solar system. So uh, that's, for me, that was like, I mean, it was already, as, as Sean said, heavy handed. Um, but I think that that message just becomes even more explicit. Like, that, uh, yes, we are talking about this Earth that we're all ruining and, um, you know, the solar system. Um, so I quite like that, that, uh, that kind of, you know, that hinted at it the whole time that it was very similar to Earth. Um, but that, for me, confirmed it at that point. Um, so that was what I wanted to say about my boy Boogie at that point. But I've got lots more later. <laughs> um, yeah, as Sean mentioned, he suddenly becomes
0: very interested in uh, travel. So he comes with you on the high wind. Oh, how good. Weird, which is weird because he can float. Wow. He's got a floaty float. chair
1: like, like our old mate, Professor Xavier.
2: <laughs> He's Floating's, just not as... flying. Floating's not flying, though, is it? And Professor
0: X sucks, so, so does Boogie.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, look, if that's, the, if that's the simile, I'm now anti Boogie. <laughs> <Because> I think <laughs> Professor
0: X sucks.
2: I feel so alone. Uh, any bits
0: on them being in the High Wind?
2: Yeah, I kind of just thought how multi dimensional this proved Boogie to be, to be honest with you. Um, first of all, uh, He's, he just says to Cloud, and I'll be on the deck just passing time. Vintage boogie. Just doesn't really mean much. <laughs> and then he says a couple of lines later, on this ship I feel the greatness of man's wisdom and knowledge in the smell of machinery. so, so wow. I like that because it kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're hanging out in Cosmo Canyon. I think that'll all be anti-technology and whatnot, but the fact that Boogie recognises that man's wisdom and knowledge can be seen in machinery, I thought uh, was, was, was great, really. It just kind of revealed him he's not a one-trick pony. He does, He's not anti-technology. Just the way it's been used, I guess, was, was how I read that. Um, you sound
0: like a year 12 me waffling on an exam.
2: Also, it definitely looks like he's just wearing a blue puffer jacket. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's the best point you've made I'm uh, sold. which is um I, you know i'm not for that i'm not I'm, I'm not thinking that's a great thing but that was just uh just something i'd add to that i like to add some boogie thoughts now that we're deep diving on him um
1: <laughs> I, I did a little you know i was work trying to work the twitter sphere and i was keen to post something of boogie because um he features on our most recent episode, a bit, and um, the GIF that came up with him was a much more detailed piece of artwork. And his floaty chair looks like a green Swiss ball.
0: Oh, really? <laughs>
1: it's like it's like Boogie's been working the core up in the uh, up in the in the telescope room. I think it What you,
2: you, you think he's floating by accident? Come on, that's years of hard work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I hate him. Um, you talk to Sid. You talk to Sid on the Highwind. You're heading back to the Forgotten City, and he says, "Eris, I wanted to give her a ride on the Highwind. Dirty bastard."
2: Yeah, he would. Yeah, that was weird, though. Eh? Where they just all he just went around every single person. You could just go around talking about Eris. Um,
0: he just just said that Eris
2: Simon Eris Eris. and then he just said that random thing Um, although I didn't quite read into it the sexual connotations that you did but that's fine Uh, we'll save the sexual
1: connotations
0: for what's cut to come I don't know what you're referring to but here we go Uh, so you get to the forgotten city and um, I think Boogie's like he, he floats ahead of you or something Boogie. Boogie's the way. Boogie's the driver. Hmm. For some reason. He goes on a rant about uh holy the white materia. And is that what fell out of um yep. hair when she did Alexander.
2: Mm. Is that Alexander? Yeah, or at, or at, that so up?
1: Alexander can't is, is a holy summon. But I think and I think we did talk about this last pod, maybe, but in most, well not most, but in lots of Final Fantasies, Holy is like a type of materia or an item or magic something magic yeah but in this one it's the it's the great magic so alexander's the summon you can use with holy power but i think what she was trying to summon wasn't alexander because gotcha. if it was that would be how you would win the game sure either that either that or she's um putting all their eggs in a pretty mediocre summon basket to try and beat
2: Sephiroth.
1: (laughs) It's like, yeah, if you could have waited a little, little grinding time, we could have got Knights of the Round on him.
0: I think Boogie's rant talks about that. The holy material will destroy everything bad on the planet. Oh, I loved it.
2: Loved it. Loved it. Sorry. Say that again, Sam, because I was just talking over you that whole time. I, I just had the question: Are humans bad then? Well, that's
0: what he asks. Yeah. So will they? He does. He sort, of,
1: he sort of. He sort of. He sort of insinuates: Will this be the end of mankind?
2: Well, I, no. Well, I've got. I've got the quote verbatim here. Can I read the quote verbatim from Boogie? Yeah. So he says, "All that is bad for the planet will disappear." Oh ho who? <laughs> I wonder which we humans are. So I don't think he's asking whether humans will disappear. I think he's asking, are we bad or are we good? Yeah. Um, really, um, which is, you know, one of the age-old questions, really, that sort of struggle between good and evil within, within humankind. Um, that's, that's what I took from that anyway.
1: I mean, there's one obvious remedy to climate change. Kill us.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Won't be a problem if we're not around. Yeah, get rid of us and we're sweet.
0: I wonder what the real life equivalent of the holy materia is. COVID. I think Elon Musk is growing it. <laughs> Could be COVID.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> An ancient human is cast COVID.
0: <laughs> uh, he ends up getting the key to the ancients, which is that big, knobbly stick that you found floating underwater you had to find floating underwater before you went there oh that's Um, right that was definite walkthrough for me Mm. it's underneath the northern continent yeah you go there in the submarine in the
1: submarine this is
0: this is that is that
1: we skipped over galnica didn't we
0: uh could you yeah you can go to the galnica once you get the submarine yeah yeah anyway it's not much happening there it's just some
2: real tough battles well, not to, mean, not to mention yet another mediocre run-in with the Turks. Um, I'll just add. At this point, I mean, this is my one sort of shtick, so I'll just talk about this very briefly. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I said in an earlier part about how I think the game creators almost realise how ridiculous all the run-ins become with the Turks. Um, and... At this point, it's very clear that they do. I think. I think uh, they say, uh, "Rude." Oh, so a uh, cloud says Turks, and then Rude says again! <laughs> exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! <laughs> um, so I think they they are having a bit of fun with that relationship between uh, your party and how ridiculously often you run into the Turks. Have you guys seen Advent Children? Nah,
0: but Definitely I want to
1: watch it. Not. It's like a yeah straight to dvd sequel to this game and turks feature heavily again mm. i think i can't remember which one but one of them's got the um, battle wind music as his ringtone
0: <laughs> i'm keen to play crisis core as well actually yeah i'm keen to give crisis core a crack anyway sorry um so speaking of encounters since I got the submarine, I am just shit scared of running into the emerald weapon every time oh i duck ducked. God. Down, every time Straight I ducked on it, and it's like it's right near me. I'm like the circle or whatever it is on the steam controls. I'm out of there.
2: Yeah. Every button until you're on the surface. <laughs> Can I just also say about the submarine. Um, now I'm going to give a shtick from the folks at home, but um, look, the vastness.
0: <laughs> you know,
2: it's 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 great you know you you know this all this game is already so vast you we talked about earlier you leave midgar and this world map appears and you just are blown away and then there's a whole freaking world underneath that huge world map that you're amazed by it you
1: reminds know. me of building an intricate subway system on sim city 2000 <laughs>
2: Yeah, I loved oh. going underwater. Loved avoiding the emerald weapon and um getting that weird key thing. You know, it was great.
0: Yeah, so uh, going back to that knobbly stick that um that he is supposedly the key to the ancients. Um I think they show Eris's death again, which I they think do. a bit they soon. Do.
2: And I I thought um that there may have been some biblical connotations there. You know, Eris Structurally, looks a little bit like Jesus. There's a bit of sacrifice going on. Um, I looked Jeez, up. Jeez, you guys uh, are really bringing the bloody English symbolism and metaphors and
0: all well, that. What's this around
2: it. the corner, mate? I thought about it. I checked online and then somebody had already made that suggestion. So it's certainly not an original suggestion. And every single person on that message board slammed the guy. Like, you're, you're an idiot. Like, no way. Um, so, I was apparently completely wrong about that. Um, anyway. <laughs>
0: um, and you. Oh, Kate, Kate Sith slash she. Uh, again, only good for advancing the plot. Uh, calls about the Sister Ray, the cannon, being oh, taken yeah. from Junon to Midgar.
1: That's right.
0: As you're heading out of the Forgotten City, everything starts shaking, and a crazy-looking monster pops out of the sea. I think, is this Diamond Weapon? It's definitely a weapon. There were some crickets there once I said Diamond
2: Weapon. It wasn't wasn't a hard weapon to defeat from memory, though. And it was quite a cool scene, actually, uh, sort of just... Uh, even though it was in the 8 bit graphics, just uh, seeing it sort of emerge gradually out of the water was, was quite cool from memory. Yeah, so mm. everything's flashing on the red on the high wind.
0: Uh, one of the plane grunts says that the signals seem to be coming from Kate Sith or she. So what we know is uh, the weapon's heading for Midgar. Barrett is concerned for Marlene because, of course, he is. Um, <laughs> Even though he hasn't seen her, and God knows how long. Um, it is. It is hard to know how much time passes in this game. Barrett packs a huff with Kate, who rightly asks Barrett how many people he think died when he blew up Reactor Number One.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good. That's a really nice little back and forward there.
0: That was for the good of the planet. It was my Barrett? It wasn't Mister T enough? Very
2: good. Very good.
0: Uh, your defeat weapon, and Sith says, "There's like a plane coming. Pick them up, or oh, you go. Do you see? Is this where you find out that Kate she is Reeve? Reeve? I thought we already knew. Or is it? But the,
1: I thought we found out when he, Kate she one died. I don't know, man." Switch hey. off a little bit when that hey. when that marshmallow's
2: talking. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent switch off. We don't know and we don't care. Let's move on. You get a uh, a hay digger slash high
0: digger. It's definitely high digger. Uh, and Scarlet doing their oh he he calls them their or their laughs. How does the how does hay diggers high diggers laugh go? Sean It's
1: not it like gua ha
0: ha ha. <laughs> This clog, is, is this a big clod? Is this a big clod bit? Uh, no, you're not. We're not in there yet. But I think is, we we find out that Reeve has been taken. That like, they find out that Kate She is now, or Kate Sith or Reeve is now trying to help them get into Midgar, or and then Reeve is taken prisoner by them. Scarlet.
1: Oh, that's digger, right. And Kate She kind of shuts down or something, eh?
0: And they parachute into Midgar. That's a cool bit. The stop. That is cool. Hojo's scheme? What's Hojo's scheme? Is he using the Sister Ray to shoot what? Yeah, uh, I've got questions about
1: Avalanche derailing Shinra's half-decent plans to save the planet.
0: So Hojo takes over the Mako reactor and attempts to increase its output in some scheme to give more Mako energy to (laughs)
1: Sephiroth. i just got a quote here. Sorry, I missed this. I don't write down many quotes. On the way to Midgar, before the parachuting scene, you're on the high wind, you can have some more yarns. You go up to Vincent, and he says, Hojo, what a queer fellow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, he's not wrong.
1: No, he's a very odd guy.
2: That's Vincent, Vincent, Vincent saying you're a queer fellow. You know, yeah. you're a queer fellow. He's, um, I, I did
0: a bit of research. His backstory is really interesting. I'm, um. since? Yeah.
1: I told you guys. We think we talked yeah, about it last
0: pod. Uh, the, the, what I read was, I'll send it to you guys. It's real interesting. Maybe we can talk about it in the next pod. Or someone might ask us a question about it or something. He,
1: he was a Turk, eh? I was right about that.
0: Yeah, definitely. But there's heaps more to his backstory, and um, I'll, be, I'll be keen to, to look at that. Sweet, good. So, this is uh Shinra's end because they parachute yeah. into Midgar and they go through the sewers, and you have a, that final run in with the Turks, and then you fight Proud Clod, that massive um boss. Yep, that's pretty and funny. That Cloud confronts Hojo at this, their reactor where Hojo is even more crazy than he normally is he dismisses cloud he's a failure um and he's explaining to him that he's attempting to send this energy to help sephiroth because sephiroth is his son um and
2: so can i claims... just go back on the big clod thing briefly <laughs> yeah so our favorite heidegger and scarlet big Clod has this outstretched hand like no rails or anything like that. And Heidegger and Scarlet, like, cackling, full-body convulsing. And they almost fall, like, over the edge of Big Clod's hand before the battle begins. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Eager beavers. Very. Go on. Hojo, sorry.
0: Um, he, yeah, so he drops the bomb that Sephiroth is his son. Um, so he had a son with the scientist Lucretia who Vincent was in love with. And he injected Sephiroth with Genova's cells while it was still in her womb or something. Is that right? So I did some research
1: on this after playing <laughs> this part of the game, and I've still got several tabs open on my phone trying to understand Hojo's backstory. And I'm not convinced... He is actually his father, or he just thinks it. I don't know. But
0: we find out now that well, what I would glean from it is that Sephiroth's father is Hojo, Sephiroth's mother is Lucretia, not Jenova. Yes. He has Hojo. He has Hojo. He has Jenova cells injected into him at some point. That. That I, so I guess what I'm
1: trying to say is that's, that's what Hojo is telling us. But in my journey through the depths of the internet to try and discover whether or not Hojo is correct, mm. I got nowhere. So
0: maybe this that'll be point. unveiled for us soon. This was the point where the original time I played this when I was young, this is I got to, and I couldn't get past. I had Vincent in my party, and I just kept using his limit break. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't, and I just didn't even think, you know, I was like 11 or something, and I just didn't think about it, and I just gave up on the game at this point and thought that this was like the hardest boss ever. And he was real easy when I played him this time. Um, and Shinra is then left in Ruins. Clouds and the others sail through the skies in the highland. And he gives a bloody great motivational speech, which I'm sure Sean reveled in. Everyone's fighting. You know, he talks about everyone's fighting for themselves and those closest, closest to them. Um, except Red Eleven, he's not fighting for Boogie.
1: No. Cloud. No.
2: Cloud says something real ridiculous then that I alluded to an earlier pod. I'm paraphrasing, but he says, my personal feud with Sephiroth is why I'm doing this. Saving the planet just happens to be part of it. Yeah. Almost, it almost ruins the game. It's just one of the most ridiculous things anyone could ever say. Now, those are, that's not a verbatim quote, but it's basically what he says.
0: Why is that ridiculous?
2: Like, well, surely... He's the planet to save forum. the planet. Yeah, surely the planet's more important than, like, a feud. Surely... Even,
1: even if it's not to save the whole planet, it's to save the planet so he could save his friends.
0: Or it's Maybe. to save the planet, to share more moments with Tifa. Oh, I, I just,
1: Can we get before, please? <laughs> I just, I need to mention this is really important. The night before the world's greatest drillers fly into space to destroy an asteroid, to save the world, and 1998's greatest film, Armageddon. <laughs> Bruce Willis pleads with Billy Bob Thornton, You've got to give these guys one night off. You gotta, I know they're on, you know, it's top secret. They can't tell anyone what's going on. If they don't go home and see their families and realize what they're fighting for, they are not going to know what to do when they get up there.
0: Oh, I don't want to close my eyes. It's uh,
1: Michael Bay,
2: big fan of uh, Final Fantasy VII. So you're suggesting hmm. that scene with Liv Tyler and Ken Affleck is basically the equivalent scene of Tifa and Cloud. Is that right? Is that is that what is? Maybe I'm wrong. Is that what you're suggesting? No, I think you're bang on, and. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's the- I'll think, And I think you'll find that if it doesn't already exist, it will by tomorrow because I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to... That scene of them talking on the mountain yep. with Aerosmith playing over the top.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that, it, that's you have def- to make that happen. You have to make that if happen. If
1: that's not a thing, it's going to be a thing. Oh,
0: yes. Yes. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone make the um, connection, Sean. So...
1: Have you seen Armageddon?
0: Long, long time
1: ago. I saw it at the cinema. Oh, same. I think I cried when Bruce Willis sacrificed himself. <laughs> I also love the part where um, B- Buschemi goes crazy and um, old mate from Prison Break goes, he's got, sp- he's got space dementia. <laughs> <The> <laughs> oh, what are you doing with a gun in space? <laughs>
0: Boo-skimmy shit. We've got to sort that pronunciation by the time we get to our Big Lebowski podcast. Schemy. Um, so, Cloud and Tifa, um, that's, uh, that. I didn't pick that up until this time I played. Nah. But this time, clear as day. <laughs> it even has passing time and then they wake up.
1: In a cuddle. mm
0: Which means he really likes her.
1: Am I right, guys? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, It says, we've got a big battle. We should get some sleep. And then Tifa says, um, dot, dot, dot. Bloody Michael. Apparently, either
1: in the, uh, I can't remember exactly, but originally in the script, it was more explicit than this.
2: I'm glad it was not explicit. Not yeah, same. It's prudish note, but, you know, some things are better left unsaid, and I felt like the scene was delicately dealt with, and um, I wouldn't make any changes.
1: I think this also cements the fact for people who indulge the love triangle that Cloud and Tifa are the couple of this game. And then I think probably if, I haven't played it, but, if you play Crisis Core, that gets further cemented with Zack and Erith's relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I've read. Apparently, they which is the
1: dates. yeah. So good, good. <laughs> Sam, you know, love triangles do my head in. I'm sick. Of, I'm sick of that scumbag Meg hitting on Gene.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you were talking about. <laughs> Uh, all right we will leave it there and our last podcast will be we'll, we'll wrap it up basically we will go through the northern crater which probably won't take that long and we'll talk we'll just reflect on our on our last moments playing the game talk about uh, if there's anything that's changed for you this time around compared to maybe when you first played it or last time you played it i'll be interested to hear your take on that simon if you've got any questions um, send them to us via any of our social media uh, platforms, Twitter, Facebook, put us in the slacks, um, whatever's easiest speaking for you. Of, speak, speaking of the slacks, Sam, I just wanted to shout out to
1: our biggest fan on YouTube, a, um, a Ruben, who as recently as four hours ago, left this lovely little comment on our most recent <laughs> video. I love blowing into my game cartridge. (laughs) Um, Ruben, he's also he's also said great things like, uh, "Where's the comments on this one?" Wow, I felt so engaged.
0: Um, (laughs) I think Ruben might be pulling our leg. No, Ruben's our biggest fan and I'm (laughs) a big fan of Ruben. How
2: much are we paying Ruben? This is good stuff. Anchor dollars.
1: (laughs) That was some really riveting content.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Uh, All right, we're we're rambling.
1: Yeah, we love Ruben and anyone else who wants to leave. I think the only other person who's left comments on YouTube is me.
0: Yeah, well, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. All right, uh, we'll see you next time. Um, Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.